Welcome to our podcast on the Course in Miracles. Today we start a new chapter, chapter 9, the acceptance of the atonement. And this is part 1, section 1, the acceptance of reality. A fear of the will of God is one of the strangest beliefs the human mind has ever made. <laughs> That's quite a line. <clears throat> it could not possibly have recurred, occurred unless the mind were already profoundly split, making it possible for it to be afraid of what reality, of what it really is. Reality cannot threaten anything except illusions, since reality can only uphold truth. The very fact that the will of God, which is what you are, is perceived as fearful, demonstrates that you are afraid of what you are. Is it not then the will of God of which you are afraid, but yours? Well, it's saying that we think we're afraid of God's will and we've made this separate will called the ego. Mm -hmm. But it's really this false will, this false self that we're afraid of because the nature of that false self is fear. All right, the nature of the ego is fear. So, in order to maintain the false will, you have to maintain the fear. Mm. And it's the, the fear of your false self that gets maintained. Yeah, and I realize that one of the thoughts that kind of perpetuates all fear is, well, something bad is going to happen. That's why you get afraid. Why else would you be afraid if you didn't have that thought, right? Yeah, like it's, I'm going to die or get something sick. Something bad or... is going to happen. That's why I'm afraid. So it's a catastrophic, all fear is a catastrophic thought in a way. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. Your will is not the ego's, and that is why the ego is against you. What seems to be the fear of God is really the fear of your own reality. It is impossible to learn anything consistently in a state of panic. If the purpose of this course is to help you remember what you are, and if you believe what you are is fearful, then it must follow that you will not learn this course. Yet the reason for the course is that you do not know what you are. Oh my God. Well, well again, it's like we have this false self that we made up, and its nature is fear. So all fear comes from this false self. Mm-hmm. And we've forgotten who we really are, which is free of fear. Yeah. The the will of our creator and our own real will is free of fear. So we've forgotten who we are, is what it says. We don't know who we are. Yeah. But but we do we know fear very well. Mm-hmm. We know the ego very well. We're very, you know, intimate with the ego. And therefore the fear gets perpetuated because the, the, ego, the ego's nature is fear. Mm-hmm. So fear and the ego are the associated. Yeah, they're the same, right? And then because we haven't made contact with our true self, that's what the Course's purpose is. Yeah, that's the Holy Spirit's purpose, to get us in touch of our true self that has no fear. Yeah. If you do not know what your reality is, why would you be so sure that it is fearful? The association of truth and fear, which would be highly artificial at most, is particularly inappropriate in the minds of those who do not know what truth is. All this could mean is that you are arbitrarily associating something beyond your awareness with something you do not even want. 
It is evident then that you are judging something out of which you are totally unaware. You have set up this strange situation so that it is impossible to escape from it without a guide who does know what your reality is. The purpose of this guide is merely to remind you of what you want. He is not attempting to force an alien will upon you. He's merely making every possible effort within the limits of your impulse on him to reestablish your own will in your own awareness. Well, so it's a good thing we have a guy like the Holy Spirit. We couldn't do it without that. Yeah. So people... And, and, and it's interesting how it says, well, it, how can you assign fear to something you don't even know? Mm. Right? It's like, because something you don't know, the nature of that may be the opposite of fear. Mm. Right? Yeah. So if you... We're approaching the course that we're not fully aware of our true self, but we want to be aware of our true self. But at this beginning stages, that true self is unknown. Mm. So why should we be afraid of the unknown? Yeah. Because the unknown could be something on our side, could be something that gives us certainty, could be something that... Uh, it doesn't doesn't merit fear. Yeah, but we've got fear projected onto the unknown. Yes, we so do. That's why we can't. And, we, and most people have a big fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. But where the fear really is, is in the things that they know. Mm. Or they think they know. They think they know that death is inevitable. Mm -hmm. And that gives them fear, right? Yeah. So they think, the, the fear is always in the self we made up, mm -hmm. which is the ego. Right. You have imprisoned your will beyond your own awareness where it remains, but cannot help you. When I said that the Holy Spirit's function is to sort out the truth from the false in your mind, I meant that he has the power to look into what you have hidden and recognize the will of God there. His recognition of this will can make it real to you because he is in your mind and therefore he is your reality. If then his perception of your mind brings its reality to you, he is helping you to remember what you are. The only source of fear in this process is what you think you will lose. Yet it is only what the Holy Spirit sees that you can possibly have. So what we think we're going to lose what? Well, we think we're going to lose autonomy, oh, yeah. which would be our ego. Yeah. But it's it's like we don't see that that's a false autonomy. Yeah. That's a autonomy rooted in fear. And the Holy Spirit's trying to wake us to ourself that's united with our creator that has no fear. So, but, but we don't believe that. So we would rather have a self that we made up that's rooted in fear and then pretend that we're, that's not what we're afraid of and project the fear onto our true self even though we don't know what it is. Mm. That's, <laughs> you know, exactly. that's how crazy it is. I have emphasized many times that the Holy Spirit will never call upon you to sacrifice anything. But if you ask the sacrifice of reality of yourself, the Holy Spirit must remind you that this is not God's will because it's not yours. There is no difference between your will and God's. If you do not have a split mind, you would recognize that willing is salvation because it is communication. Willing is salvation because it is communication. Well, all right. So split, 
a split mind is you have a self you made up yeah. that you think is real that's not yeah. and the root of that is fear mm -hmm. and then you have this true self that you're not so in touch with but the holy spirit is trying to get you in touch with that so but you're you haven't gone you haven't thrown in your 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 alliance with the holy spirit's uh attempts to wake you up you haven't fully got on board with that so you're still maintaining you have this self that that you made up and that you, there's reasons for you to have fear which this self made up has and then you feel like it's sacrifice to give up that self you made up mm. but the but what you're giving up is nothing mm. the self that you made up isn't really there you've only given it existence right yeah. so so when you stop giving it existence you see that it's it's not really there yeah. <laughs> and then then that's not a sacrifice yeah how can you call a sacrifice of giving up nothing yeah, so you're not trying to get rid of something you're seeing that it's nothing yes that's where i was always stuck. exactly it is impossible to communicate in alien tongues. You and your creator can communicate through creation because that, and only that, is your joint will. A divided mind cannot communicate because it speaks for different things at the same, uh, to the same mind. This loses the ability to communicate simply because confused communication does not mean anything. A message cannot be communicated unless it makes sense. How sensible can your messages be when you ask for what you do not want? Yet as long as, as long as you are afraid of your will, that is precisely what you're doing and that's what you're asking for. Yeah. You're yeah. asking for what you don't want. Yes, exactly. And, and, you, and it's kind of like, there's where the confusion is because it's contradicting itself. Mm -hmm. It's like you're, you're asking to be your true self, but you're also afraid of being your true self, so you're asking not to not to find it. Yeah, you know that's like the rule of the ego: seek something, but make sure you don't find it. Mm -hmm. So it would like you to believe you are seeking your true self, but secretly, it's saying make sure you don't find it. Yeah. And then that is not communication because it's confused and has no meaning you may insist that the holy spirit does not answer you but it might be wiser to consider the kind of questioner you are you do not ask only for what you want this is because you are afraid you might receive it and you would that is why you persist in asking the teacher who could not possibly give you what you want of him you can never learn what it is and this gives you the illusion of safety yet you cannot be safe from truth but only in truth Reality is the only safety. Your will is your salvation because it is the same as God's. The separation is nothing more than the belief that it's different. Well, well, well the, okay, so the two teachers are, might, you might, yeah, the two teachers are, are the ego or the Holy yeah. Spirit. Mm -hmm. And you want to ask the teacher who is not going to be able to bring you the clarity. So you want to keep going to the ego and asking, uh, oh, show me what who I am. Yeah. Show me what I I need to know mm -hmm. making sure that that ego can't show you who you are yeah. so so it's like you're asking a teacher that you already know is not gonna give you the right answer <laughs> you know yeah 
and yeah. and you've kind of consciously are doing that, but then you forget you're doing that. You you want to pretend you don't know you're doing that. Mm. No right mind can believe that its will is stronger than God's. If then a mind believes that its will is different from his, it can only decide either that there is no God or that God's will is fearful. Wow, that's really something. The former accounts for the atheist and the latter for the martyr who believes that God demands sacrifices. Either of these insane decisions will induce panic because the atheist believes he is alone and the martyr believes that God's crucifying him. Yet no one really wants either abandonment or retaliation, even though many may seek both. Can you ask the Holy Spirit for gifts such as these and actually expect to receive them? He cannot give you something you do not want. When you ask the universal giver for what you do not want, you are asking for what cannot be given because it never was created. It was never created because it was never your will for you. Yeah, so again, you're asking for nothing. Mm. But if you if you deny uh, your creator and you deny the gifts of God, your creator to you, then you would be an atheist mm. and you would feel abandoned. But if you think that you have to sacrifice something and give up something, then you're the martyr and you'd feel attacked. You'd feel like God's making you give up something that's you don't want to give up and then you'll be deprived and then you'll be attacked so so it's like either one of those systems is off yeah do you is that enough for today or should i keep going? no let's do the whole thing oh really yeah ultimately ultimately everyone must remember the will of god because ultimately everyone everyone must recognize himself this recognition is the recognition that his will and god's will are one in the presence of truth there are no unbelievers and no sacrifices in the security of reality, fear is totally meaningless. To deny what it, what is can only seem to be fearful. Fear cannot be real without a cause, and God is the only cause. God is love, and you do want him. This is your will. Ask for this, and you will be answered, because you will be asking only for what belongs to you. We want this, God as love. Yeah, well, when you're asking for the what you want, what you really want, it's given. And then and then you see that your will and God's will are the same. Mm. Like you, your true will, when you're asking for what you would truly want, not what you're what you yeah. don't want. Yeah. You're not trying to sacrifice. You're not trying to deny the existence of your source, right? That would be you know, being an atheist or being a martyr. Mm -hmm. When you're not doing that, and you're asking for what you really want. You can only ask for love, and love is given, and it's never withheld. Yeah. So I just, I only ask for the will of God, which is love, right? And then your will, then you see, well, my true will is the will of my creator. Mm -hmm. My God's will for me is perfect happiness, right? Yeah. So God doesn't will for you sacrifice pain suffering loneliness any of that stuff that goes along with what the ego requests right mm -hmm. so you see that your will and god's will are the same will and then you only ask for that 
You don't ask for what you don't want, yeah. which is pain and suffering. I only want the will of God. Ultimately, everyone must remember the will of God because ultimately everyone must recognize himself. This recognition is the recognition that his will and God's will are one in the presence of truth. There are no unbelievers or sacrifices. I read this. Yeah. When you ask the Holy Spirit for what would hurt you, he cannot answer because nothing can hurt you, and so you are asking for nothing. Any wish that stems from the ego is a wish for nothing, and to ask for it is not a request. It is merely a denial in the form of request. The Holy Spirit is not concerned with form, being aware only of meaning. The ego cannot ask the Holy Spirit for anything because there is complete communication failure between them. Yet you can ask for everything of the Holy Spirit because your requests to him are real, being of your right mind. Would the Holy Spirit deny the will of God? And could he fail to recognize it in his son? So basically the the ego is always asking for something that's not the will of God. Yeah. All right. That it's something that's gonna bring you pain and suffering and hardship and confusion and conflict and anger and vengeance and you know anything that's gonna make you not feel good. Mm-hmm. The ego is asking for that all the time. Well, now the Holy Spirit sees how ridiculous that is and sees that you're asking for nothing. Those, those things that you're asking for that produce those pains and sufferings are nothing. They're, they're not the will of God. Yeah. And, and then the, the Holy Spirit would say, well, only the will of God is true. And so anything that's false, it would say doesn't exist. Mm, And you're asking for nothing. That's what it's saying. You're asking for nothing. And the Holy Spirit, you have free will to do that. You can ask for nothing and then get the results of nothing, Mm. you know, which are painful. Mm. You can do that because you have free will. And And the Holy Spirit will not interfere with you as long as you're doing that. But he will try to show you that you are doing that and you can stop doing that. And then when you stop doing that and you start aligning your will with God's, well, then what is it? Perfect happiness. You do not recognize the enormous waste of energy you expend in denying the truth. What would you say of someone who persists in attempting the impossible, believing that to achieve it is to succeed? The belief that you must have the impossible in order to be happy is totally at variance with the principle of creation. Well, could not, God could not will that happiness depended on what you could never have. The fact that God is love does not require belief, but it does require acceptance. It is, the in, it is indeed possible for you to deny the facts, although it is impossible for you to change them. If you hold your hands over your eyes, you will not see because you are interfering with the laws of seeing. If you deny love, you do not. You will not know it because your cooperation is the law of being. You cannot change laws you did not make, and the laws of happiness were created for you, by, not by you. Well, yeah, so love, happiness, truth, you have to cooperate with those laws. That's who you are as God created you, and you have to align with them, but you can choose not to. This line is interesting. Um, 
The belief that you must have the impossible in order to be happy is totally a variance in the principle of creation. <laughs> That's quite a mouthful. Well, the impossible would yeah. be the opposite of love. Yeah. And, it, and it would say, well, the opposite of love doesn't exist because everything is love. All that there is is love. And the impossible does not exist. Mm. But we believe in the impossible. Yeah. So we believe in getting something that's actually nothing because we believe in the impossible. But the impossible cannot be really given to us. That's insane. It is insane. Any attempt to deny what is must be fearful. And if the attempt is strong, it will induce panic. Willing against reality, though impossible, can be made into a very persistent goal even though you do not want it. But consider the result of this strange decision. You are devoting your mind to what you do not want. How real can this devotion be? If you do not want it, it was never created. If it were never created, it's nothing. Can you really devote yourself to nothing? God in his devotion to you created you devoted to everything and gave you what you are devoted in to. Otherwise, you would not have been created perfect. Reality is everything and you have everything because you are real. You cannot make the unreal because the absence of reality is fearful and fear cannot be created. As long as you believe that fear is possible, you will not create. Opposing orders of reality make reality meaningless and reality is meaning. Well, it's saying you can be devoted to something that's not real, but then you're devoted to nothing. Yeah. And if you're devoted to something that's real, which would be truth, love, simplicity, joy, then you're going to receive it mm. because that's everything. Yeah. You'll be given everything when you're devoted to everything. You'll be given nothing when you're devoted to nothing. <laughs> Remember then that God's will is already possible and nothing else will ever be. This is the simple acceptance of reality because only that is real. You cannot distort reality and know what it is. And it is. And if you do distort reality, you will experience anxiety, depression, and panic because you are trying to make yourself unreal. When you feel these things, do not try to look beyond yourself for truth, for truth can only be within you. Say, therefore, Christ is in me and where he is, God must be. Christ is in me and where he is, God must be, for Christ is part of him. Yeah, and and love is Christ, and love is in you, and God is love, and you are created by love, therefore you are love. So yeah. it's all one thing. Yeah. And God's will is the only thing possible. And then you align with God's will, and then it's like it said, you're... Um, accepting reality and not fighting against reality okay i think uh, we can we can read that lesson uh, love which created me is what i am which is two 29 i think yeah Love which created me is what I am. I seek my own identity, which would be my reality, right? That's what we just read about, mm -hmm. accepting your reality. I seek my own identity and find it in these words. 
Love, which created me, is what I am. Now I need to seek no more. Love has prevailed. So still it waited for my coming home that I will turn away no longer from the holy grace of Christ. And that's where it's saying Christ is in me and where he is, God must be, for Christ is part of him. Well, Christ is in me and I see that I am the love of Christ. So still it waited for my coming home that I will turn away no longer from the holy face of Christ. And what I look upon attests the truth of the identity I sought to lose, but which my father has kept safe for me. Well, we've used our ego to try to lose our self-identity. And we've used it so much, we've actually forgotten who we are as God created us. And we need the Holy Spirit to restore our remembrance of who we are, which is what the Course in Miracles is doing. Father, my thanks to you for what I am, for keeping my identity untouched and sinless in the midst of all the thoughts of sin my foolish mind made up. And thanks to you for saving me from them. So all those thoughts of sin that resulted in nothing that I thought were real, and that's what that's the source of my fear is all those thoughts of sin. Mm-hmm. So it's you're not afraid of God's will. You're afraid of the results of the false will that you made up as the ego. Because the ego wants you dead. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're letting go of. Thank you. 